Good day, it's April 6th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour. My name is David McAdam, and I'm happy to read aloud our daily readings and serve as a tour guide, pointing out highlights that you don't want to miss. My hope is that we can inspire each other to make our way through the 66 books of the Bible in one year and catch sight of the many works of God's hand. We are using the one-year Bible format, and I will be reading from the English Standard Bible, the ESV version. We are now more than a quarter of a way through our journey, and today we come to an all-important theme of the Bible. Choose life. God is holy. We are not. We deserve justice for our rejection of God's rule. God must punish sin to uphold justice. The wages of sin is death. But in His justice, God remembers mercy and loved the world in such a way that He gave His only begotten Son to satisfy the demands for our just punishment for sin. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That payment for our sin debt releases us from our bondage to sin, Satan, and death. God vindicates the perfect substitutionary sacrifice of His Son by raising Him from the dead. Now God sets before us a choice. He sets before us life and death. You choose death by doing nothing. You stay on the broad road of self-rule that you're already on, and it leads to destruction. Or you can choose life by responding to the provision God set before us in His Son when the Word was made flesh and tabernacled among us. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 29 is where we are today, and this passage contains further foreshadowings of the gospel of Jesus Christ as we are reminded in chapter 30 to choose life. So let's begin with chapter 29. Father, bless the reading of your word. Speak to our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name. Deuteronomy 29 verse 1. These are the words of the covenant that the Lord commanded Moses to make with the people of Israel in the land of Moab besides the covenant that he made with them at Horeb. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, You have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and those great wonders. But to this day the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. I have led you forty years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you, and your sandals have not worn off your feet. You have not eaten bread, and you have not drunk wine or strong drink, that you may know that I am the Lord your God. And when you came to this place, Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us to battle, but we defeated them. We took their land and gave it for an inheritance to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of the Manassites. Therefore, keep the words of this covenant and do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. You are standing today, all of you, before the Lord your God, the heads of your tribes, your elders and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and the sojourner who is in your camp, from the one who chops your wood to the one who draws your water, so that you may enter into the sworn covenant of the Lord your God, which the Lord your God is making with you today, that he may establish you today as his people, and that he may be your God, as he promised you, and as he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. It is not with you alone that I am making this sworn covenant, but with whoever is standing here with us today before the Lord our God, and with whoever is not here with us today. You know how we lived in the land of Egypt, 
and how we came through the midst of the nations through which you passed. And you have seen their detestable things, their idols of wood and stone, of silver and gold, which were among them. Beware, lest there be among you a man or woman or clan or tribe whose heart is turning away today from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of those nations. Beware, lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit, one who, when he hears the words of this sworn covenant, blesses himself in his heart, saying, I shall be safe, though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart. This will lead to the sweeping away of moist and dry alike. The Lord will not be willing to forgive him, but rather the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against that man, and the curses written in this book will settle upon him, and the Lord will blot out his name from under heaven, and the Lord will single him out from all the tribes of Israel for calamity, in accordance with all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. And the next generation, your children who rise up after you, and the foreigner who comes from a far land, will say, when they see the afflictions of that land and the sicknesses with which the Lord has made it sick, the whole land burned out with brimstone and salt, nothing sown and nothing growing, where no plant can sprout, an overthrow like that of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew in His anger and wrath, all the nations will say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land? What caused the heat of this great anger? Then the people will say, It is because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their fathers, which He made with them when He brought them out of the land of Egypt, and went and served other gods, and worshipped them, gods whom they had not known, and whom they had not allotted to them. Therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against this land, bringing upon it all the curses written in this book. And the Lord uprooted them from their land in anger, and fury, and great wrath, and cast them into another land as they are this day. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Chapter 30 Repentance and Forgiveness And when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, and return to the Lord your God, you and your children, and obey His voice in all that I command you today, with all your heart and with all your soul, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you, and He will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there He will take you. And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it, and He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. And the Lord your God will put all these curses on your foes and enemies who persecuted you. And you shall again obey the voice of the Lord and keep all His commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your cattle, and in the fruit of your ground. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you, as He took delight in your fathers, when you obey the voice of the Lord your God, 
to keep his commandments and his statutes that are written in this book of the law when you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, so that you can do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in His ways, and by keeping His commandments and His statutes and His rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying His voice and holding fast to Him. For He is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. This concludes our reading from the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. Let's take a few moments to recap and reflect. Having clearly defined the rewards of obedience, that is the blessings, and the consequences of disobedience, bringing the curses, in chapters 27 and 28, Moses summons the people to renew their covenant commitment to Yahweh in Deuteronomy chapters 29 and 30. God has His purposes for initiating this covenant with Israel. Some are revealed and some are hidden. The revealed purposes now belong with the people. God has called them to be a holy nation, the treasured people of His possession, faithful to His word and subject to His dealings. Some of God's purposes remain secret and belong to and pertain to the Lord in Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever, that we may observe all the works of this law. These secret things pertain to God's greater purpose yet unseen. God is laying down the infrastructure for world redemption through the gift of His Son, We are to trust what He reveals to us by faith. We are to walk in the light of the revealed truth that has been given. This law would reveal sin and provide a legal framework for the putting away of sin illustrated in the sacrifices and ordinances of the tabernacle. We have seen how the articles and activities of the tabernacle and the feasts of Israel prophetically speak of the person and work of the Messiah, the promised offering of a sinless substitute. Remember God's promise to Abraham? God will himself provide a substitute? Jesus would be born under the law, fulfill this law, and by virtue of his life offered for us on the cross and given to us by the Holy Spirit, he will free us from living under it as slaves to its letter. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his Son, 
born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under that law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. We are declared righteous before God on the grounds of Jesus Christ's redemptive work on our behalf as the perfect once-and-for-all sacrifice offering on the altar of the cross. We hold fast to this fact by faith. On the basis of this legal justification provided by God's grace, believers are qualified to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that sets us free from the law of sin and death. Romans chapter 8, verses 1-4 through Now consider the choice. Moses gives this dramatic invitation that foreshadows the invitation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying His voice, and by holding fast to Him. For this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. One of the titles that the Jewish people give the Torah is the bread of life. Jesus said that He was the bread of life in John chapter 6, verse 33, verse 35, verse 48, and verse 51. He is the embodiment of the Torah, the fulfillment of the Torah. He is the living Torah. He is the bread from heaven, the partaking of which is essential for our survival. He continually offers us His rescue from death that the law says we deserve for our transgressions. Listen to the Gospel's invitation to life. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, in John 10.10. And the Apostle John explains why he wrote his Gospel, saying, But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that, believing, you may have life in His name. Hear Jesus saying, Choose salvation in the Gospels. Choose life. Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few that find it. There is only one door. In the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 7, there is only one Savior. There is only one way to satisfy God's terms for righteousness in order to live. We see this in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 40, chapter 6, verse 33, verses 53, verse 57, chapter 11, verse 25, chapter 14, verses 6 and 19, chapter 17, and verse 2. Many are invited. Few are chosen. We fail to make the Gospel call effectual when we fail to respond to it. Matthew 22, verse 14. Many are called, few are chosen. We must accept God's verdict in the cross where our life as sinners received its judgment. In Mark chapter 8, verse 35, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will save it. The Apostle Paul sets before us life and death in his letter to the Romans. Will we choose to live in sin only to reap its wages, or will we choose life? For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 
chapter 6, verse 23. Now let's go to our New Testament reading in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, beginning with verse 37. We read about the lunch guest who wasn't afraid to speak his mind. Luke 11, verse 37. While Jesus was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him, so he went in and reclined at table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that he did not first wash before dinner. And the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools! Did not he who made the outside make the inside also? But give as alms those things that are within, and behold, everything is clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seat in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, for you are like unmarked graves, and people walk over them without knowing it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying these things you insult us also. And he said, Woe to you, lawyers, also, for you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill and persecute so that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard and to provoke him to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. Chapter 12 In the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. Therefore whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you of whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? and not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament Gospel of Luke. Jesus is invited to have a meal with one of the Pharisees in Luke 11, verse 37. The conversation becomes quite intense when the Pharisee announces his surprise that Jesus did not first ceremonially wash his hands before the meal, Jesus responds with a politically incorrect tirade against the mindset of his hosts. He condemns the hypocrisy of those who conform to outward ceremonies, 
pretending to be clean and pleasing to God on the outside, yet failing to acknowledge the horror of their sin on the inside. The law blinded the Pharisees to the degree that they did not recognize a clean vessel when they saw one. For Jesus was clean on the inside and the outside. In Luke 11, verse 41, Another dinner guest, an expert in the law, feels the force of Jesus' words and says, Teacher, when you say this, you insult us too. Altogether, Jesus pronounces six woes upon them, paralleling the woes of Matthew chapter 23. It is quite alarming to consider that the Lord is aware of the internal workings of our hearts with all our selfish inconsistencies. We should appreciate His merciful provision of forgiveness all the more. Jesus brings to light the crime of the Pharisees and experts of the law. They take away the key to knowledge, the revelation of Jesus as the Christ. They obscure God's plan of salvation and fail to heed it themselves. Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You yourselves did not enter, and you hindered those who were entering. Luke 11:52. They were blind men leading the blind on the broad way to destruction. They passed by the gate and the way that led to life. They were not even looking for it. The Gospel of John explains further, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40. Jesus warns his disciples of the danger in adopting a Pharisaical mindset. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of the hypocrisy of thinking you are made righteous before God through anything other than coming to the cross of Christ and trusting his saving work. The disciples could easily become influenced by the leaven of the Pharisees, taking pride in having personally been called by Jesus having sat with him, lived with him, served with him, conformed to his outward way of praying and teaching, as if that made them right with God. Like the Pharisees and the experts of the law, the disciples were to be markers, signposts, and heralds of the saving work of Christ. We need to humble ourselves to receive it and help others discover it. Jesus demonstrated courage even at the dinner table. He had a fearlessness about him and was not afraid to speak the truth in love whenever and wherever it would be helpful. This is because he feared God more than men. He feared God more than the devil. He feared God more than the prospect of dying. He calls us to do the same. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Luke chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. God cares for us and has our best interests in view. He loves people enough to tell them the truth. May we do the same. And now let's go to the Bible's songbook, the book of Psalms. Psalm 78. Tell the coming generation. A masculine of Asaph. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation 
the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might, and the wonders that He has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to His law. They forgot His works and the wonders that He had shown them. In the sight of their fathers He performed wonders in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through it, and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime He led them with a cloud, and all the night with a fiery light. He split rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against Him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rocks so that water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can He also give bread or provide meat for His people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, He was full of wrath. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel, because they did not believe in God and did not trust His saving power. Yet He commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven, and He rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate of the bread of the angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by His power He led out the south wind. He rained meat on them like dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. He let them fall in the midst of their camp, all around their dwellings. And they ate and were well filled, for He gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them, and He killed the strongest of them, and laid low the young men of Israel. This is the end of today's portion from the book of Psalms. Psalm 78 reminds us of the importance of passing on the great revelation of Christ in the Scriptures to future generations. One of the reasons I have written a commentary to accompany the one-year Bible readings and have this daily podcast is that I'm planning to pass on the revelation of Christ to my children's children and their children. Psalm 78 verse 6 says that the generation might come to know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children, that they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. I hope that this psalm inspires you to pass on the word of God to the next generation. And now let's read from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 12, verses 19 and 20. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. 
The lying tongue gets away with deceit only for a moment. The Hebrew idiom, for a moment, is found in Job chapter 20, verse 5, meaning the blinking of the eyes. Have you ever assessed those who have real joy? They are those who are rightly related to God, communicate truth in love, and have peace in their hearts. Romans chapter 14, verse 17, Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. They will counsel others to experience the same. Now let's go before the Lord in prayer, thanking Him for His Word. Father in heaven, You are so merciful in that You offer us life when our own actions incurred a sentence of death. We thank You for the new covenant of grace in which the forgiveness of sins and the power of a deathless life can release us from the hell-bound course of our own destinies. Thank You for the invitation of the gospel to choose life, to choose to believe on Your Holy Son, Jesus. We who believe now share the destiny of Your Holy Son, who is our Lord, our Savior, and our life. Make us a people who will demonstrate and declare Your good news to this generation in such a way that it impacts generations to come. In Jesus' name, Amen. Once again, thank you for listening and for joining us in this adventure of reading through God's Word in a year. And we look forward to continuing tomorrow. We always welcome feedback, questions, and comments, and you can write to us at podcast at newlife.org by email. You can also learn more about New Life Community Church and the ministries of New Life Fine Art at our website at newlife.org. You can also subscribe to a daily email where you get a written copy of our commentary on each day's reading. So be blessed, be nourished, be encouraged as you go in the strength of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Shalom. Shalom.